Welcome, I'm Doug Morgan, and you're listening to Uncommon Sense, where we hunt for the truth in the topics you're not supposed to talk about, Christianity and politics. There are diversity, equity, and inclusion consultants, and trainings, and initiatives, and webinars, conferences, all aiming to tackle deep-seated injustices in our society and our economy. And in 2017 alone, businesses spent $8 billion on diversity trainings. It, It isn't uncommon for a nonprofit with a small budget to spend $25,000 or more for a consultant to help the organization create a DEI plan and and run a a training and so on. And, And larger companies are spending millions of dollars, not only on consultants, but also on chief diversity officers, as they call them, marketing campaigns to to tout their diversity and more. So the question here is, do they work? And and how about, are they a good thing in the first place? Well, to start to answer these questions, we need to know what DEI is. And from McKinsey.com, it says, quite simply, diversity, equity, and inclusion is used to describe three values. First of all, diversity which refers to who is represented in the workforce. For some examples of diversity in in the workplace, um, there would be things like gender diversity. What makes up the the composition of men and women and non-binary people in, in all given populations, right? Age diversity. Are people in a group from mostly one generation or is there a mix of ages? Ethnic diversity. Do people in a group share common national or cultural traditions? Or do they represent different backgrounds? Physical ability and neurodiversity, which is one I hadn't even heard of, which is where, um, you know, are are the perspectives of people with disabilities, whether apparent or not, accounted for? So these are a few of the common examples, but what is considered diverse can can range widely. And the problem with this is that it separates everyone into little groups and then says that you have to be the advocate for that group. And it divides people rather than unites them. We start to see each other in different groups. We start to say, well, that person's over there and I'm over here and I have to, to represent my group and, and I can't you know, be, be uh, uh, supporting your group, but I'm supposed, supposed to uh, support your group. It, it's very, very confusing, impossible, and a bad thing in my opinion. And how about equity? Equity refers to the fair treatment for all people so that the norms, practices, and policies in place ensure identity is not um, predictive of opportunities or workplace outcomes, as they put it. Equity differs from equality in big ways. We actually did a podcast on this 
where we see what the difference is between equity and equality. And equity differs from equality in a substantial but important way. While equity, uh, I'm sorry, equality assumes that all people should be treated the same, equity takes into consideration a person's unique circumstances and adjusting treatment accordingly so that the end result is equal. So you can see the problem with equity over equality is that it says that it's okay to discriminate against or hamstring uh, certain individuals to help others, many times because of the color of their skin even. This is said to be done in the name of fairness. But history shows us that you can't raise people up to become fair. You have to tear people down to do that. And how about inclusion? Inclusion refers to how the workplace experiences the work the workplace and the and 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 the degree to which the organizations embrace all employees and enable them to make meaningful con- uh, contributions. Now, uh, companies that are intent on recruiting a diverse workforce must also strive to develop a uh, sufficiently inclusive culture, as they put it, such that all employees feel their voices will be heard. Uh, They they give this example. The the LGBTQ plus community is underrepresented in the workforce, especially at more senior levels. As a result, many feelings like and only at workplace and 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 uh, not only do they feel like an only in the workplace, but they are more likely to experience microaggressions. Again, we've gotten into a lot of these things, but the problem with this, the main problem with this is that it is all based on feelings. I, as an employer, should not be responsible for my employees' feelings. And just because two individuals feel more comfortable with someone that understands their life experiences doesn't mean that they are racist or bigots. In other words, just because two black people spend more time talking to each other than with a white person doesn't mean that they need more training in inclusion. In fact, forcing someone to celebrate everything about someone is discriminatory in itself, if you think about it, especially discriminatory against my religious beliefs oftentimes. But despite this, DEI training is everywhere. But does it work? Well, from an article from Jonathan Butler, um, he writes for the National Review, and he wrote back on January 27th, he said that diversity, equity, and inclusion programs don't make people more tolerance of individual differences it, it, it is one of the reasons why they deserve no public support or mandate. The evidence has been mon- monitoring uh, and mounting for years. Diversity, equity, and inclusion programs, ironically enough, don't make people feel more tolerant of individual differences. So why aren't the experts, as they call themselves, who say racism is still an um, omnipresent calling uh, for, for different solutions? I mean, why, why aren't they, they out there saying that we should do something differently if this isn't working? Well, it's likely because 
they are the ones spreading and benefiting handsomely from DEI gospel. Ibram X. Kendi, for example, whose proposed remedy for discrimination is more discrimination. And he makes $20,000 or more for presentations before public school districts. He has also presented uh, for the DEI offices at Georgia Tech and the University of Virginia and and Leahy University, the University of of Southern California, UC Davis, I mean, the, the University of Illinois and elsewhere. Robin D'Angelo, author of White Fragility, who makes between $14,000 and $30,000 for her speaking engagements. She has spoken at DEI departments at Cornell and University of Michigan, Ohio State University, and Seattle University. The list goes on. But at some point, the press releases become repetitive. Then there are the consulting companies, right, which can charge up to six figures for their services. The Racial Equity Institute lists dozens of colleges, K-12 through school districts, and, and businesses as, as its clients, including Arizona State University, Duke Divinity of School, Ben & Jerry's, of course, and the, and the Charlotte um, Merklinburg School District in, in North Carolina. In case there is any question about DEI's roots, another training company called the Equity Collaborative has a presentation titled, quote, Introduction to Critical Race Theory, unquote, which was used, for instance, to train teachers in Loudoun County, Virginia. Shocker, right? And yet a growing volume of research demonstrates that professional development programs and other trainings in DEI are abject failures. The evidence is so strong that even the home of the radically uh, uh, obsessed 1619 Project, the mainstream outlet that, that have, have published Kendi's commentary, are printed critiques of DEI. I mean, last week, Jesse Single, Ask the, the the New York Times if diversity tra- trainings are doing more harm than good. The specific type of diversity training that is currently in vogue, mandatory trainings that blame dominant groups for DEI problems, may have a net negative effect on the outcomes management's uh, cl- uh, claim to, to care about. Singal has, has long pointed out the problems with so-called anti-bias efforts. In 2017, he wrote in the New York Magazine that the uh, implicit uh, association test launched in in association with researchers at Harvard to measure the the test takers' levels of implicit biases was not reliable. A, A pile of scholarly work, he says, some of it published in top psychology journals, and most of it Ignored by the media suggests that the IAT, that this is that test that that uh, you know people are using to see if you have a, a big bias. Well, it falls sh- far short of the quality control standards normally expected in psychological instruments. This is what Singal said. And by the way, my wife and I, we decided to take some of that IAT 
tests and see what they were about. There's a number of them available online. You can actually take them for free. And so we took the implicit test test um, on uh, on religion, for instance. Um, that was one of them that we took. Uh, you have to um, you have you have to select the the religion task because there's I think about fourteen or fifteen of them. Uh, and in this study, it says you will complete the implicit association test, the IAT, which you will be asked to sort through pictures and words into groups as fast as you can. So it's it's there, there's a time factor to it. Now, in addition to the IAT, there are some questions about your your beliefs and your attitudes and your opinions and and some standards and, and demographic questions uh, before you even get into the te- into the test. And this study, it says, should take about ten minutes. It, that's about right. It took about took us about ten minutes. And at the end, uh, we re- we received the the results, which basically says, you know, how biased you are in a certain direction. Uh, it says that the task will assess your automatic evaluations of two world religions chosen from Christianity, Judaism, and Islam. And so. Um, the, it, it goes through like the first couple questions. Uh, it asks what your birth month and your birth year are. Yeah, it asks for the, like I say, the demographics questions. Uh, like for instance, it says what sex were you assigned at birth and on your original birth certificate? I mean, these again, I'm taking the religion one, right? And then it says what is your current gender identity? Uh, and it even says check all that apply. <laughs> and then it, another question was, uh, what is your political identity? Again, all of these are part of the religious task, right? And, and, and it even says, what is your country, your primary country of citizenship? Now, the questionnaire then goes into 14 questions about your preferences. And, um, and it says that, that it gave me, uh, you know, obviously I, I was very strongly in, in preference for Christianity and, um, and, and, and particularly in relation to Judaism and Islam. Then it shows pictures and words related to Judaism and Islam. And it also shows words that are associated with good or bad. So it'll it'll say you have to press one button when a, a word or a um, or a symbol pops up that that would relate to Judaism, and the same thing for Islam. You, you press another one, uh, and then if um, if there's a word that's associated with something good, then you press again uh, uh, one of the same two buttons, and they go back and forth. It 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 asks you to press a button when the word or the picture pop up on the screen and then times you in how long it takes you to press the button associated with that word or that picture. And then you, um, then when they put Judaism together with good words, if you press the button faster, then it says you prefer Judaism. Um, and uh, the opposite is true, of course, in the case, if, if it says that, um, you know, you, you, you pressed it faster when it was bad for, um, uh, for Judaism, and if you if 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 you went that way, then it says, "Oh, you you like Islam or whatever." So anyway, it's 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 kind of a weird type of thing. And the categories of the tests that you can take aren't just in religion. There's uh, race, there's gender, um, uh, career, uh, there's transgender one, uh, whether or not you you are biased against transgender type people. Uh, there's gender science, which is supposed to reveal if you have a bias between liberal arts and females and between science and males. 
So, <laughs> which of course, you know, anyway, that's another podcast. Uh, it, it, there's, there's one on uh, Arab and Muslim, uh, weight, uh, presidents, uh, Native Americans, uh, sexuality. It, it says that it often reveals an automatic uh, preference for straight relative to gay people. So if you have a bias against gay people, it'll tell you. Uh, weapons was one that kind of uh, questioned. And, uh, and that one was uh, where uh, it will tell you it, whether or not you uh, think that, that uh, black people are more harmful to you. Uh, there's also age discrimination and, and, and a- Asian bias, skin tone bias, and, and disability. Um, it said that, that we were slightly, uh, we slightly favored Judaism over Islam, as I said, and that we were strongly, uh, uh, we strongly favored cisgenderism over transgenderism. <laughs> Again, all of this is a little bit of a duh, but uh, if if we were applying for a job with a company that used this test to to weed out individuals with biases, well, we would be gone. I mean, we wouldn't be we wouldn't be getting that job, and it and it wouldn't matter that the the idea inherent in transgenderism that you know God made a mistake when he was you know when he was making your your gender, um, and, and that the fact that that goes against my religious beliefs, it doesn't matter any of that. So ultimately, I, I am being discriminated against against by a test, and 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 people that that claim their goal is to do away with discrimination, but no, they are discriminating themselves. So, in 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 the Washington Post, which has featured Kendi's uh, condemnation of the the federal law rights uh, or, or the civil rights laws and the civil rights movement, well, writer Jenna McGregor uh, also argued. Uh, back in 2016, that DEI training programs do more harm than good. And in 2020, Education Week lamented DEI's failings in a a headline that read, Training Bias Out of Teachers. Research shows little promise so far. And in 2022, just last year, the corporate consultant of Kinsey and Company, which uh, I, I obviously referred to earlier, warned executives with the, with an article entitled, Don't Train Your Employees on DE&I, Build Their Capacities. So McKinsey encourages businesses to promote diversity, but has also released reports that DEI programs fail at, at their intended outcomes. In an interview with McKinsey, Harvard professor Iris Bonnet said this, said about $8 billion a year is spent on diversity training, it's actually even more than that now, in the United States alone. Now I tried, uh, he says, now I tried very hard to find any evidence I could. I looked not just in the United States, but also in Rwanda and other post-conflict countries where uh, reconciliation is often built on the kind of diversity trainings that we do in our companies. And they did that to see how this is working. Sadly enough, he says, I did not find a single study that found that diversity training, in fact, leads to more diversity. And in the book Splintered, Critical Race Theory and the Progressive War on Truth, the author uh, reviewed Singal and and McGregor's sources and arrived at the same conclusions. Researchers Frank uh, Dobbin and Alexandra Alexandra, uh, Kalev, uh, uh, for example, they, they surveyed nearly 700 
Yes, get that. 700 colleges in 2016 and found that 43% of the schools had mandatory diversity training program programs for faculty, as well as the most freshmen, uh, uh, most of them were, had uh, these requirements for freshman students as well. Hundreds of studies dating back nearly a century find that anti-biases training do not reduce biases, alter their behavior, or change the workplace. This is directly from them and what they wrote in Anthropology Now. Now, the study in the annual review of psychology reviewed hundreds of studies and uh, of anti-prejudice training and found that they're, they're, they, they absolutely do no good. Nevertheless, consultants and university officials are clearly, clearly doubling down on DEI. New research from the Goldwater Institute finds that 80% of the faculty job postings at public universities in Arizona require applicants to include a DEI statement. So in other words, you don't get a job at these colleges and universities if you do not sign uh, sign up and, and, and convince them that you're doing something about this terrible problem. Now, what is to be done about this? Well, public money should not be used for DEI offices in public school districts or in college campuses. I mean, for, for K-12 public schools, I mean, where, where DEI offices are becoming as common as, as they are in higher education, state lawmakers should ensure that no teacher or student is compelled to profess or believe uh, you know, any idea, especially ideas that violate their Civil Rights Act of, of 1964, and, and such ideas would include the notion that individuals today are automatically guilty of race, racial crimes committed by others decades ago who, who happened to share their, their, their own skin color. And in public colleges and universities, lawmakers should prohibit school officials from using DEI statements. I mean, this is ridiculous. We cannot expect the self-appointed spokespersons of, of anti-racism to change course. I mean, when, when, especially when their, their lucrative efforts f- fail to reduce the biases. Their sermons that discrimination is necessary to spread guilt uh, appealed to a racial activist when, when they were first issued, which should have already actually caused us to, to harbor reservations. But, but now we see that the, the null effect of, of, of this, this DEI trainings it's it's just it's it's not working and despite all this we see more and more money and time and energy going to these destructive areas uh, monica osborne who writes uh for the uh for newsweek uh, said this says when outrage becomes a nation's default mode broad overcorrections are sure to follow the phenomenon of diversity equity and inclusion committees blossomed in, at, at schools and businesses across the nation as a symptom of sub- sweeping overcorrection. While a committee devoted to diversity sounds promising and can certainly work toward leveling the playing field, as they like to say, the result can be catastrophic if it is awarded unchecked power. And sadly, across the board, these committees have been awarded such power. It is no secret that DEI training has become a billion-dollar industry. We've also known for some time that such trainings doesn't often work. Moreover, despite its noble and loftiest aspirations, when DEI committees and practitioners mean diverse in their attempt to bring diversity to the workplace, it's not actually diversity. 
No one is looking for representatives from all races and all ethnicities and all religions and all social, economic, or ideological positions. All too often, institutions are concerned only with the ratio of black individuals to white individuals or with, you know, vilifying whiteness altogether. The evidence that diversity has been white has, has been whittled down to, you know, black and white binary is everywhere. Last year, corporations like Nike and Walmart and others pledged $100 million to an effort to hire black employees. So as long as you had the right skin color, you got hired. Meanwhile, DEI initiatives and school diversity trainings is often reduced to educational uh, communities about the problems of whiteness. So it's not about diversity. It's not about inclusion. not about anything like that. It's about how bad white people are. This is not a, a, a perversion of diversity, equity, and inclusion efforts. It's what DEI is really about, businesses and schools alike. They know that if they can't boast cosmetic diversity, they risk allegations of discrimination. So they oftentimes are doing this. Why? Because they're afraid that if they don't look woke, if they don't do something about it, then they're going to be called racist and biased as a, as a business or an organization. More recently, schools have rushed to form committees devoted uh, to organizing anti-bias trainings. And, and, it, and, and it all sounds really good, especially if they're anti-racist, right? I mean, this is the phenomenon that's happening. But, you know, what do we see? Like in, in colleges, we see that Asians are being discriminated against. They, they can't get in, even though they have the higher scores. And it's not just e- Asians either. The idea of whiteness is, is used as a, as, a, as a cudgel against anyone that who threatens the binary of, of, of powerful versus oppressed. I mean, if you're a person of color who doesn't vote Democrat, for example, you, I mean, you're going to be t- called an Uncle Tom or a, you know, multiracial whiteness freak or something, right? And and really, when you when when you look at it, it it's it all boils down to politics, and race has has been so deeply politicized that it can be difficult to discuss it you know, uh, 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 apologetically. For, for this reason, schools should avoid handling a disproportionate amount of power to, to people who are largely untrained and subject to their own biases themselves. These committees are, are not good. And yet, they are only beginning to be given more and more power. And in even more inappropriate settings. So we see that in anti-bias training sessions, um, we see that, that uh, the, like for instance, LA, the LA school district, one white male parent was, was asked pointedly how many black people lived in his neighborhood and how many black friends he had. Why? Because they were trying to see, you know, just how biased he was. Well, if you don't have no, uh, the right number, then you're a racist. We see him come against things like Columbus Day and Passover and Hanukkah and things like this, saying that, that you, these are racist holidays. Racist holidays. And, and uh, things like Curious George and Madeline and Snow White. Well, these, 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 were, uh, th- these, these were definitely stories and, and, and things that we don't want anything to do with. But, According to Robin DiAngelo, now I, you know, I wish 
that this was an aberration, but it, it is it is par for the course. Coca-Cola has has come under fire for its diversity trading. We did a we did a, a podcast on it right here. Uh, they used Robin DeAngelo's materials and calls for employees to be less white. They want people to be less white. It's no wonder that many are coming to see that anti-racism arguments are are divisive and potentially destructive when it comes to building community. And while there are certainly DEI programs that do not rely on diverse, um, you know, dividing people into race, they're very, very few and far between. You know, it, racism is real. Yes, racism is real, and we must fight it. Yes, but handling the and, and handing the reins to people who have little understanding of complex issues. Well, it just means that it's going to backfire. These 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 committees and and people are out of control. DEI is an absolute failure, and it will continue to divide this country if allowed to flourish, because it's not about what what it sounds like. It's not it's not this wonderful thing. Well, yeah, how can you be against you know equity? How can you be against everybody being equal? How can you be against you know diversity? Yes, God has made us all differently. We're all different. There's nobody that is exactly the same over the history of the earth. God wired each one of us differently. And yes, we're all very diverse in those things. And 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 we can we can provide different perspectives depending on our experiences and this type of thing. But this type of stuff, this type of program, this DEI type things, this comes directly from uh, critical race theory and, 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 and the idea that white people are bad and that they are inherently racist and that we live in a country that is, that is inherently racist and, and, and there's nothing that we can do about it. This kind of stuff needs not be taught and needs not have another dime spent on it. Now, you might agree with me on this. You might disagree with me on this. I would love to hear from you. And of course, you can always do that at UncommonSensePodcast.com. Thank you very much for listening. This podcast is a production of Morganite Communications.